Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The show must go on, or at least that's what the CTA said about this year's Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas. Even though the show, at least the pictures I've seen, it's looking more like a ghost town, there have still been some pretty big announcements to come out of it. I'm Jason Cipriani with co-host Jason Perlow, and on this episode of Jason Squared, we're talking about the future of tech or something like that. As you can tell from that intro, I'm not too excited about CES this year. It, it uh, you know, it, it, there's been some announcements and we're going to get to some really cool announcements here in a few minutes. But I, there, why did we even have a CES this year? Yeah, you know, it's kind of it, 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 over time, it's turned into, you know, that volume buyer show where, you know, someone like walks up to like one of these t- t- television manufacturer booths and says, give me, you know, 92,000 of these. You know, it's 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 not really a, a consumer show, right? It's a buyer show. But yeah, you know this this CES, uh, it's going to be a bit of a snoozer for a lot of us. You know, originally there were over four thousand exhibitors planning to go, but now there are only about twenty two hundred, and and in person attendance is likely to be tiny. I, I think the show floor is opening up today. Um, yeah, so, I mean, so many of the major companies have backed out of the show in terms of booth presence that really, you know, many of the announcements are occurring virtually. Um, I've certainly had my share of product briefings, but of course, you know, I'm not going to this one, right? Yeah, yeah. So I was originally booked to go. I canceled my plans on December 22nd or 23rd. Uh, I just, it. With the new variant and whatnot, it seemed too risky. The same day, uh, a lot of companies announced they were not going anymore. And that 2200 number uh, was what the CTA is claiming. And it has to be so, so much less than that. Because even on Monday this week, which was like the day before press day, I was getting emails from companies saying, hey, we've decided at the last minute to pull out. We're not going to be there. And I have not seen an updated number from the CTA this week at all. I'm sure we'll get that today with it officially opening the show floor. Uh, but I doubt it is 2200. There's there's no way. And not only that, but I have embargoes and NDAs I agreed to for companies that I plan on announcing. Because usually at CES, companies announce a bunch of products that span the entire year, right? It's, it's stuff that's not available right away. I have stuff that was originally planned to be announced. Companies pulled out of CES and well, they're no longer announcing it. And they've asked to hold really? the embargo or NDA until later in the year because it completely changed all their plans. So... Not only did the vendors pull out, but the announcements are scaled back as well because the vendors pulled out and pretty much every major media outlet, tech media outlet pulled out as well. So, yeah, this CES honestly should have just they canceled the last day of CES, which makes no sense to me. They should have just canceled the whole thing and done virtual. only. I I agree. Um, So before we start about the CES that nobody's going to. Yeah, we should probably just take a moment to discuss a company that we know is not going to CES. 
Uh, it hasn't the, been there in years. <laughs> it hasn't been there in years. The dearly departed uh, BlackBerry. Yes. Oh, uh, man. Which, which, as of this week, yeah, yesterday, sh- shut down all of its servers supporting remaining devices in use. So they yeah. no longer function. They, they are yeah. bricks. They're bricks. Um, I did not realize the servers were still up, to be honest. I, I didn't either. Um, you know, I don't I don't know how many people actually use those things anymore. But I had a real place for that thing in my heart, you know, it, at least in memories. Um, you know, I had, you know, when I was a consultant, you know, at, at IBM and on Wall Street, um, I had several I don't think I can even count how many I had. I had several classic BlackBerry units and, and even some of the weirder yeah. and even some of the weirder ones, um, you know, like the Storm uh, and the BlackBerry 10 devices, uh, such as the Playbook. Um, you know, while the company was definitely behind the times at when it folded its device business, it was an innovative company for a really long time. And I would say they were a giant in the mobile industry for close to almost two decades from, yeah. from start to finish. Yeah. You know, I mean, if, if, if they had held on, if they had been, if they had seen the iPhone and Android app stores, Play Store train coming, you know, versus these sort of fixed, you know, function devices that they built, um, I, I think this would have been a different industry a little bit. I, 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 I think we could have seen, you know, in an alternate universe, uh, a strong third party company as a, as, yeah, a, as a mobile business. I mean, I, I like you on many BlackBerry devices. And in fact, you and I would not be talking right now had it not been for BlackBerry. My first blogging slash writing tech journalism uh, site I, it was one I helped launch was berryscoop.com. Yeah. And all, and all we did was cover BlackBerry news. Uh, you know, that my first CES was going under Barry Scoop's name and BlackBerry was there with the playbook um, at the time. And, you know, I, I ended up helping a friend develop a BlackBerry playbook app. And that's when they were giving out limited edition red Z10s or Z10s, which was their first BlackBerry 10 device. And man, there are so many people I still know and am friends with today that came from the BlackBerry scene, you know, back years ago, 10 plus years ago. And so it's always, you know, a reminiscent thing to talk about when it comes to BlackBerry. And it will always have a special place in my heart because it led to so many things for me. Um, you know, running my own biz and best servers at home and, and just all the little things. I learned so much about phones in general. But the company was too arrogant. I remember writing about this when the iPhone was announced. The company was too arrogant and kept saying everything else, even when Palm was announcing their WebOS stuff, that everything but them were going to fail. You know, it didn't matter if it was Palm or Apple or Microsoft with all of their Windows devices back then. Everything was going to fail. And so they just kept the course. And by the time they tried to play catch up, it was way too late, way too late. So, uh, you know, it's unfortunate, but that's how these things go. And I always try to look at... Um, my point of view of Apple and Samsung and Google, you know, all these companies of 
when is that arrogance going to kick in? Because at some point it's going to, right? Like there's going to be some point where someone starts to compete out of left field and that arrogance is going to sort of show through and we're going to start to see the cycle repeat itself because Apple and Google's and, and yep. everyone else can't stay on top of this forever. Like there's going to be some competition at some point and it, the tides are going to turn. So uh, if anything, it's given me some perspective to, to kind of look at companies and how they perform now and, and the approach they take. So yes, pour one out for BlackBerry. Their servers are officially shut down. Done. No Black no BlackBerry devices. BlackBerry 10 or classic devices will work now. Well, what a shame. Uh, well, so instead of looking at the past, let's take a look at the future and some of the products that you and I handpicked out of the announcements uh, from early on this week at CES 2022. Early. These are very much yeah. early picks, I would say. Yeah. But most of the announcements are made. I think today is really the last day you see announcements made at CES. Right. And it's just because the show, show floor opens. Most of them were made yesterday or, or the day before. So I'll pick, uh, I'll go first. Uh, the first one I want to pick is is a laptop that I think is probably going to be the future of laptops in general, uh, or at least in some other form of this approach. And it's Dell's new XPS 13 Plus. Have you seen this thing? I haven't seen the. I have an existing uh, last generation thirteen, which is a great laptop. But I, I, I haven't seen the new thirteen plus. What's what's new about it? So it looks like a normal laptop until you open the lid and you realize there's no trackpad. Uh, so there is a there is a bar like you know your normal palm rest bar yeah. below the keyboard, uh, but it's seamless. It just is a solid piece of what looks like to be metal or the chassis but there is a glass trackpad that blends in without any lines or edges or anything that basically is the length of the space bar it's actually from alt key to alt key so a little bit wider than the space bar okay. so it's like an invisible trackpad that is there uh i imagine it's going to take some getting used to in muscle memory to learn where yeah. it's at but it it the design isn't broken up at all because, like I said, there's no lines and, and no reference point for where the trackpad is. But then on top of the keyboard is where another change is as well. And that is that instead of having your function keys, your physical function keys, they've put in a capacitive row of touch function keys that change. So this is sort of like the touch bar on the MacBook, which was a total failure. No one really liked it. No one really used it. But this is a different approach. It doesn't look the same. Unfortunately, it means the escape key is a capacitive touch mm. key now. So, you know, that's a downside to it. But I think to me, it reminds me of something that Apple would have in the prototype lab that would never make the light of day. Right. But as like a first first try, how can we remove buttons and seams and lines from a design to make a better designed laptop? And Dell's actually said, here, this is what we're going to do with it. And uh, we're going to put it out. And it looks great. It's you know, I don't know. I, I really like the design. It, it, comes, it looks like it comes in black or silver. Um, the XPS line is always good. Dell yep. always puts out great laptops with this xps 13 line uh so this one launches in spring starts at 1199 nice you can of course kit it out with like a 4k oled display on and on and on you know and then uh it, the price goes up from there but i think it looks like an interesting laptop and i i kind of can't wait to uh get my hands on it yeah interesting i mean i i'm not completely unsold on touch bars 
it's just I don't think we've just seen one that's been implemented well yet. And and certainly, you know, there's a lot of contextual menu things that Windows 11 has that I think could take advantage of something like that. But again, I, yeah, I, I just didn't like the way Apple did it. And uh, I mean, I have one still on on my on my uh, on my MacBook Pro and, and I never touch it. I never I know I'm, I never need it. So, yeah, um, my my hinge, my hinge is closed. But um, <laughs> yeah, so, so, shell mode speak, all day. speaking of laptop and um, mobile chips, um, the I mean, I mean, Intel had is has its new own new stuff that they've been talking about um, at the show. But I was most impressed with what I'm seeing so far from the new AMD Ryzen 6000 processor. Now, now this looks to be a serious laptop chip for x86 yeah. systems. Um, it will have DDR5 support, memory support, um, with RDNA2 graphics, um, an AI audio processing chip, and the new Microsoft Pluton security processor built for Windows 11. So, look, I, you know, I, I'm becoming an arm weenie as much as anyone else right now, and, and, and Apple's M-series stuff is basically impossible to beat. <laughs> Did you say arm weenie? I'm an arm weenie. And uh, <laughs> okay. but but but, right. but but let's let's face it, uh, you know, the business world runs on Windows um, yeah. and that it platform does. needs strong x86 chips. And so whenever AMD does something, they put their best foot forward on it. Um, and I'm really looking forward to actually seeing systems that use this new chip. Um, such as this year's updates to Surface, right? I mean, if it's got Microsoft Pluton in it, you can bet that we're going to see this chip in a Surface. Oh, yeah. I mean, some soon. of the best Surface laptops and products we saw over the last year had AMD chips in them. The thing about the Ryzen 6000 series, I don't. there are 20 different chips yeah. that they announced. 20. Yeah. Dude, yeah. I can't even imagine what the logistics of... How many SKUs just, and how many and how yeah. many manufacturing types you got to do it? Yeah, it's nuts. Oh, it, it is so much. AMD announced a, bun, a bunch of other stuff, but I agree with you. These Ryzen chips look fantastic. They're going to be solid upgrades upgrades for mobile computing, which laptops are mobile computing. And uh, yeah, so I, I'm right there with you. Speaking of chips, Intel announced its 12th Gen H series chips yeah. and the Evo certification process for it. And I don't care much about the Evo certification process, but one thing I am excited about that is going to come to Evo certified PCs with this new chip later this year is Intel bought Screenovate, which is a company that integrates iPhone and Android device functionality into Windows. What? And so, yeah, so check this out. So because Intel now owns Screenovate, by the end of this year, they're, they're aiming for holiday 2022, holiday season 2022. So fourth quarter right what you're going to be able to do and they showed a, pr a presentation and a demo of this on stage is you're going to be able to use iMessage on your iPhone from your iPhone on the PC so you could send and receive text messages as well as iMessages okay. which you can kind of sort of do and work work around ways but this will be native to Intel and built into the chip but in addition to that, so, and you'll be able to do other stuff, share pictures, stuff like that. Okay. But you, it also will integrate your Apple Watch. So you can view like your fitness and da health data, activity mm. data on, on your PC using these new Evo certified chips. That's like, 
That's, so that's how, did, how, how do they do that without like Apple suing them out of existence? I don't understand. I don't, I, I don't know. It, it, honestly, it was the first time I had heard of Screenovate. It, it, it was when at, Intel bought it and all this news broke of what they plan on doing with it. But uh, transfer files, send, receive, I message, check out your health data from your Apple Watch. And then on top of that, there's some Android features as well. Like you can use your Android tablet as an external display, a wireless external display for your your Evo certified 12th gen Intel PC. There's a lot uh, of black like magic that. involved to get those things to communicate. I can't imagine how the hell they did this without any cooperation from from Apple. That's crazy. Well, so I mean, Intel says Intel says now that they own Screenovate, they are working directly with Apple as a uh, partner to help make this stuff work. What that looks like, I don't know. Maybe it's towing the line so they don't get sued. Like, hey, is this going too far? I I don't know. You know, it, who knows what that looks like, but they did mention that they are working with them uh, as a partner to make this stuff work. Nice. Yeah, I can't wait. I mean, I bounce back and forth between Windows and uh, Mac quite regularly. And so having all of that capability on a Windows PC, granted, it'll have to use the latest Intel processor. But uh, I, I think it'll be fun to use. Coolness. All right, what you got? So uh, I am, as you know, I, I love Wi-Fi stuff. Like, any, any, you know, I, I like fast Wi-Fi, I can't deny. Um, so <laughs> the new... Linksys Hydra Pro 6 router. Looks like a really cool solution for smaller residences uh, needing a whole home coverage from a single device. So it's up to 2,700 square feet. Uh, and what's neat about it is that it's mesh capable. So if you do need extra coverage, you could just add additional nodes. You don't have to commit to an expensive multi-node kit right away. But as it is, it's a very powerful router in and of itself that doesn't need additional nodes. So it looks like a traditional Linksys router. You know, it's got like the two antennas on it. Um, it's, 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 it's a Wi-Fi 6, not a 6E. Uh, I think it's like 299, but it looks super fast. Um, and uh, you know, I think that's great. You know, if you, if you have an apartment and you just need coverage, you don't need three nodes, you know, uh, you don't want to spend a thousand bucks on a node system, on a, on a mesh system. It's, it sounds like a good solution. Now, uh, the other product that Linksys has also introduced, I'm really, I'm really jazzed on it because I I happen to really like Linksys's business products, but they have not updated them um, in a while. Uh, there's a new business class access point, uh, which is named the LAPAX 3600C. It's a mouthful. That's a um, very business class name. Yes, uh, this is a long awaited product. Um, as they haven't updated, you know, their business products in a while. So it's Wi-Fi 6. Uh, it runs on the new 4x4 dual band Qualcomm 1200 wireless networking platform. PoE, uh, it has uh, 2400 megabit networking speed provided you have the supporting 2.5 gigabit switches behind it. But what I really happen to like about it is that when you compare it to similar products that have been shipping for a while, there's been Wi-Fi 6 access points, business class access points, you know, for over a year from, you know, Meraki, from from other from a whole bunch of them. Um, but they require you to buy cloud management licenses on a yearly basis. So let's say you spend two hundred dollars on an access point. Well, guess what? They're going to make you buy a hundred and fifty dollar whatever license just so you can turn that thing on and set up its SSIDs and all that kind of stuff. Um, this doesn't require you to do that. 
you, you buy the access point, it comes with the cloud management license and you get the free cloud management software with it. So literally, you know, you, line, you, you sign in with a Linksys uh, cloud management ID and you provision your access point, you set up your, your stuff, you're done. And each year you don't get to pay, you don't have to pay for a license. Which I think nice. for a small business, this product is ideal. That's that's I mean I mean that's what I did not like about Meraki and the others is that you 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 have this constant, you know, thing you have to pay for every year. Otherwise your your network gets turned off or you can't make changes to your network. That's that's annoying as hell. So so I'm really oh and oh by the way, did you notice that Linksys has a new logo? They yeah, finally I changed it, it after it's cool looking. It's really modern looking. Um, yeah, I noticed the app updated on my iPhone, and I was like, "What app is that?" And then I realized it was Linksys. It, it's a nice looking logo. Yeah, so I'm I'm supposed to be getting one of these business class access points and these new Hydras shortly, um, and I can't wait to look at it. So I mean, I, I'm a Linksys guy. I've always been a Linksys guy. Um, no, 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 nothing bad to say about you know Netgear and and, and Asus and all those, but I I happen to like Linksys's products and support. Um, and overall performance, and they're usually very innovative. And when it comes to you know taking on the new chipsets and 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 stuff in terms of, from a performance perspective, so I, I like the did fact you have that this on, yeah. Did you have this under embargo? Uh, yes, but but we're not actually talking about this actually until this publishes tomorrow. So we're good. No, I know. So it was interesting as you were talking about it. I literally got the press alert that this press release is live now for this. Yes. Product. Yes. This, this product on January five, it was interesting. They, they, so the Hydra was announced on January four. This is, was embargoed until January five, which is now this second as right. we're talking, but because, because we're in a time machine and this isn't actually getting broadcast till tomorrow. Where it, it, yeah. I, I thought that was ridiculous that this was embargoed a day later than, than the other one. That was strange. Well, but, you, you got it. They got to stay in the news. Yeah. So I, I think it's crazy that it, there's no fee for I'm reading through the press release now that and you mentioned this, but no fee yeah. for the licensing, which is a huge deal. No recurring licensing fees. You buy the node and you're yeah. good to go. And it even supports a captive portal so you can yeah. you know, control who can access. It's really, really cool stuff. All right, so I am next. Let's see, what else did I have on my list? Okay, this isn't one thing specific. This is multiple things, but it's under the umbrella of Apple's HomeKit smart home platform. As you avid listeners, assuming we have avid listeners, would know, will know that I am huge into HomeKit for smart home and mm. home automation stuff, and uh, I have plenty of it around the house. But this year, maybe I'm just getting targeted with more press releases because of that. Or maybe there's a new trend that is emerging from CES this year, and it is a lot of companies are releasing a lot of HomeKit products this year. And like, for example, Belkin's Wemo, which is part of Linksys, right? Belkin owns yep. Linksys, or is at least they're under the same brand, uh, parent company. Belkin's Wemo brand is releasing a HomeKit video doorbell that works with HomeKit secure video. So that means it's all stored on Apple servers, encrypted with your iCloud account. No third-party servers are involved. In fact, setting up the doorbell is all done through the Home app on your iPhone. Yep. Nothing touches Belkin or Wemo's servers at any point. That's a huge step. Really, there's only one HomeKit secure video doorbell in the U.S. right now that's even somewhat appealing, and that's Logitech's, which does has the same approach with uh, secure video. Yep. TP-Link announced a brand new, I don't know how you pronounce this, TAPO, TAPO, T-A-P-O line of yep. smart home stuff, but a lot of it is HomeKit support. And so there's this whole brand new line under TP-Link's branding that 
is HomeKit accessories and devices. Uh, Eve has a new floodlight camera for outdoors uh, that actually has, like I said, a floodlight on it so you could light up if some motion or whatever is triggered, uh, which is the first kind of floodlight cam that I know of that is a readily will be readily available here in the US. Schlage has a new deadbolt deadbolt that supports Apple's Apple Wallet's key feature. So I could send you just like I could send you Apple Cash through Apple Pay. I could send you a key to my house that you could then use, you know, NFC to unlock my front door. Cool. Um, most of this stuff doesn't launch till later this year. Actually the Wemo video doorbell I think that embargo lifts today as well on January 5th. I don't remember exactly. I wrote about all this stuff earlier in the week. And so it's kind of the embargo dates are out of my mind, but it starts shipping the same day that the embargo breaks. By the time you guys listen to this, it'll be live. That's very cool. <laughs> don't worry. I didn't, you know, don't worry I didn't um, have it in my show notes, but before CES, it must have been like before Christmas, I was actually briefed on a new alliance that Samsung and several of the major home appliance brands are forming for they will be creating a new standard for communicating between home. So in other words, LG and Samsung and all these big home appliance companies that make your dishwashers and your refrigerators and all this have finally decided they're going to create a new protocol that will allow them to exchange information and finally be able to talk to each other. So you don't have to get siloed into like everyone's individual apps and stuff. They're finally going to make all this stuff yeah. talk with each other. Um, they haven't announced any products yet that are compatible with it yet. I think they're just going to be specking this out, but that's something that they announced before a, a couple weeks ago. And I guess yeah, they're, they're trying to get members. Too. A lot of um, it had to do with Thread and Matter, which yeah. matters Thread protocol, I guess is how I should say that, uh, which there have been pretty much any smart home product that isn't HomeKit has thread and matter support now or Correct. matters thread support uh which allows for those who don't know allows smart home gadgets to communicate with each other where they previously would have been siloed and that smart things uh announcement you're talking about perlo that samsung smart things a lot of that had to do with thread as well uh but so i look we're still a year or two away from all of this stuff really like yes yeah, so there's devices in the home now that have thread and are actively broadcasting and using thread networks but until all of it comes together and I'm able to use the Google Home yeah. app to control a HomeKit product that has True. thread embedded in it, none of this none of this matters. It, it's just nice that right now you could go out and buy smart home stuff that will that is future proof, right? It, eventually you're going to be able to take advantage of matter matters protocol. So yeah, I think I think maybe I, I, maybe it's just wishful thinking on my part, Perlo, but I, I think maybe HomeKit hits its stride this year. Maybe that would, like that, would becomes, be, that would be cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. It just feels like there's a lot of home kit stuff this year coming out of CES. Yeah. I mean, a ton, a ton of little things like, you know, like like little weather monitors and stuff and, and, and stuff like that. I don't have a lot of home kit stuff in my house right now. Uh, you know, most of my stuff is is pretty much Alexa controlled or, or, or and I have. Everything in my house is now Lutron, which apparently is now Zigbee compatible. So in other words, matter compatible. Uh, but yeah. um, so I, I don't know if they switched the protocols on them over yet. I mean, everything just works still, fortunately. So I'm happy about that. But, you know, it'd be great if all this stuff, you know, a couple of years in the future, everything just works the way it's supposed to work. And we don't have, you know, a million different hubs, a million different you know, control programs and stuff. You can pick whatever, whoever you can pick, whoever's hub and whoever's control program and mix and match and, and stuff will just work. Right. You know, you won't get yeah. siloed. 
which is kind of the the, the concern that we have now. Um, so what else? What else do we want to talk about today? Um, the Samsung S twenty one FE. Yeah. Uh, Why? Why? Well, it's 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 a hundred dollars cheaper than the other one, right? Yeah. But you have the Pixel Six that exists that is a far better phone than this for less. So, and I'm not saying why are we going to talk about it? We absolutely should talk about it. I just don't think it should exist. Or at least they should have released it back when the rumors started about it eight months ago, six months ago. Yeah. Okay. I mean, so, I mean, it's got, it's got the same Snapdragon, triple eight. It has got a few other things to bring the price down a hundred dollars less than the original. You know, they pulled the adaptive refresh rate. It's got less Ram. Uh, it appears to have a slightly bigger battery, uh, 4,500 uh, versus 4,000. So, I mean, you know, um, maybe if it was $150 less, it would be more attractive than, than just 100 because I, I don't know what you can get the S21 for now. Uh, you yeah. know, I mean, I mean, secondary market, obviously, things are always going to be cheaper, you know, if you go to Swap or something. But um, I, I do have my eyes, though, on the new OnePlus 10 Pro. Uh, which seems to be a monster of a phone. Uh, yeah. And China is getting it before we do, which is interesting because I didn't know that OnePlus was branded as OnePlus in China. I thought they only did Oppo in China. But they're getting it on January 11th. Uh, for the moment, the main specifications are rumored. 6.7-inch Quad HD+, Plus, 120 hertz refresh rate, the Qualcomm Snapdragon 8 Gen 1, which is the very latest, 12 gigs of RAM, 5G network support, 5,000 milliamp battery. Uh, you know, not much is known about the cameras yet, but there appears to be three in the rear, you know, something like, I don't know, 48, 50 megapixels, uh, similar array to the iPhone 13, but, you know, with Hasselblad branding. That looks like a really cool phone. Um, I, I have to assume it'll ship with Android 12, uh, but you never know. Um, yeah. the, 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 fi- the N actually, the one that I would, I, 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 I got to look at the fold N. Um, I have one here. That's an Android 11 phone. So maybe, maybe the only ship with Android 11, but, um, that looks like a cool phone. Um, yeah, I need to figure out how to get my hands on Oppo and it's unfortunate it won't be released here. No. Um, and it's still a super, very Chinese phone. I mean, I had to do a lot yeah. of stuff to it to make it work right. Like, I mean, I had to, you know, reset the, 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 the um, because by default, it doesn't like kind of showcase the the Play Store, you know, on those phones. So I mean, it does sure. work. It, it it works. It's not it's not like a Huawei where you can't run Play Store at all. But you have there's a lot of Chinese stuff you have to either you know you have to set localization stuff different. You have to change keyboards and a whole bunch of stuff to make it usable to someone who lives in the U.S. or North America. Um, but it's a cool phone. It's a very cool device. Um, I don't. I mean, it would be interesting to see if Oppo takes some of those design elements. And releases a phone, uh, a OnePlus phone in the United in North America that falls. I mean, it. it I. I. I'll tell you this one. I. I don't really use the 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 secondary screen, the one on the front, as much because basically, sure. you know, I, I. I flip it open and I use it as as the tablet mode. But I can see, like, you know, if you had to make a quick phone call or something, um, with 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 the third screen. Um, it, it is, it is, it is, it does address some of the other functionality issues I, I have with folding phones in that, you know, you can just throw it in your pocket and just make a phone call with it whenever you want to without having to sure. flip the whole thing open. Yeah. My Z Fold 3, I switch back and forth between the screens pretty regularly, but most of the time it ends up open. And 
I have the device specs of the OnePlus 10 uh, Pro. The embargo actually lifted on it, so we're good to talk oh, about cool. it. Oh, cool. Why don't we talk about it a little bit? So it's a Snapdragon 8 Gen 1 mobile platform, yeah. which is Snap Qualcomm's latest processor. Oxygen 12, Oxygen OS 12 based on Android 12, so you're correct. Oh, good, there. good, good, good. 5,000 milliamp hour battery, uh, triple camera setup, 48 megapixel, 50 megapixel, 8 megapixel. RAM has, doesn't say how much RAM, LPDDR5 though, and UFS 3.1 storage, so it should be pretty fast there. 80 watt wire charging wow um let's see what else 120 hertz display 50 watt wireless charging 32 megapixel front camera uh bluetooth 5.2 and it has reverse wireless charging wow the rest of the rest of the stuff is under embargo so uh that's that's all we're allowed to talk about right now yeah did they say did they say what this monster costs not yet not yet. It will be expensive. But with it launching first in China, you know, I don't think we're going to no. get a price here quite yet anyway. So, um, that, yeah, that's where we're at with, with the OnePlus 10 Pro, which looks, like you said, looks amazing. It's just, it's weird. OnePlus seemed like a very relevant and um, relevant player over the last few years. But then this last eight months, yeah. year, with the Oppo stuff, and it, I don't know, it's it's. They don't feel as relevant now. And I kind of feel like them launching in China first, which is goes against everything they've done for the last few years. With the OnePlus brand in China, which doesn't make any sense to me. Like, I, I thought they only used that for, for, for Western countries, you know, specifically. Yeah, yeah, it's, 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 it's weird. I don't know what's going on with them. All right, you have one more on the list, and then we'll close this out. <laughs> this one's a little, little different, I think. The Oral-B I.O. Series 10 toothbrush. <laughs> A toothbrush. Okay, <laughs> but it sounded very serious until you said toothbrush, and then right, you know, kind of like, you, oh, you, you expect like one of these iPhone style, you know, like promotional videos with them, like, like like zooming into it and showing the shiny surface of it. It's beautiful. It's long. It's sleek. It's <laughs> the Oral B I O Series Ten. Yeah. So what's so special about it? So you know, look, I I, I currently don't have a smartphone Bluetooth app integrated electric toothbrush, right? I, I'm, I'm old school. Um, but, but now I'm thinking I should. So, so my dental hygienist is always giving me crap after my cleanings that I need to keep focusing on specific areas of my mouth. I'm apparently, I am not, I'm not hitting those areas enough because she has to like, every time I time I go and it's like, it's like a, it's like a, an excavation. It's a. It's a. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's a. It's, she it's, takes it's, the water pick it's, out. It's, it's, it's an archaeological dig every single time I got to go in there. Um. So so this model. Um. Is apparently a significant improvement over the previous one. They've had like the uh -huh. eight and the nine series. Because the charging base, the wireless charging base, acts as a secondary display from what's on the toothbrush. So so you know normally the toothbrush shows you. It gives you a vibrational um, cue to switch, and it also shows you what quadrant you want to be on, right? But like, if, if you're looking at the tooth, like if you're brushing your teeth, you can't really see the display without pulling yeah. the toothbrush away and like look, turning your arm and looking at it. So what they have is they actually put the display, a secondary display on the base, so you can see when you're brushing your teeth what you're supposed to do, right? That's smart. 
Makes yeah, sense. Would, yeah. So that sounds cool. So like you know, um, I, I'm I'm psyched to get a three hundred dollar Bluetooth app app iPhone integrated toothbrush. That 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 three hundred dollars. I, I think that's what the current one goes for. I mean, wow. I'm, I mean, yeah, these things are not cheap. Not at all. Yeah, it's current. The series two, series nine is two ninety nine. So yeah, yeah. I mean, so I'm assuming it's gonna, you know, the the series nine will probably go down, you know, fifty sixty dollars or something, and this will go back to two nine. I don't know. I'm assuming it's gonna be that much. That's what these things crazy, cost. Man. Yeah, that's I. I've never looked at them. I'm I'm like you. I use an old fashioned toothbrush. That's well. I mean, hey. They say that keeping your teeth healthy leads to you being healthy. So it's a good investment. Absolutely. I so assume. Do we got anything else? Do, or do we you know anything, anything <laughs> no. fun? No, that's it. I, I, like I said, it was a pretty subdued show. A lot of announcements got pushed back. There was a lot of stuff I, I was excited to talk about, but uh, we're not able to anymore. Uh, so I, I think it's going to be an interesting year for tech in general with, you know, just the state of the general world as a whole um, and variants and whatever else going on, um, supply chain issues, you know, and whatnot. Uh, it'll be, yeah, it'll be an interesting year. If, if any of our listeners have any of their favorite products or announcements from CES, look, there were a lot of announcements. We're not shortchanging any of any company's announcements. There was a really cool credit card size, find my, uh, equipped, uh, card that was released by Chipolo, for example, that looks amazing. You slide it in your wallet and now you have Wait, to find Chipotle? what fits into your wallet. Chipo- Chipotle Ch- has Ch- a device. Chipotle built a monster burrito that fits into your wallet. No, Chipolo. C-H-I-P-O-L-O. They have a, a credit card sized Find My enabled uh, fi- you know, locator that you put in your wallet instead so of what having... You're say- so what you're, what, what you're saying, it's an AirTag? Yeah, it's basically an AirTag. It works just like an AirTag. Uh, I have their little Chipolo AirTag tracker. It's the size of an AirTag, a little bit bigger. Actually, I used to have it on my desk here. I don't, is it, is it I don't integrated with Apple's Find My, or does it have its yep. own thing? Oh, okay. So. No, it, you know, yeah, it, it works. Unlike the MagSafe wallet that only tells you the last location, this credit card actually integrates with the network and has a battery life of like three years or something. So you'll still be able to locate it and make oh, it cool. you know, play a noise or whatnot. So there's... The, my point is, there's a lot of cool stuff that was announced. Obviously, we don't have time to go over all of it here. So if any of our listeners have something that they liked that we didn't talk about, feel free to reach out to us. There's plenty of coverage of CES on ZDNet.com. Reach out to us on Twitter. I'm Mr. Sippy, M-R-C-I-P-P-Y. Perlo, you're Jay Perlo, right? Yes. On Twitter. And we'd love to, you know, hear from you guys, have a little banter. That, that's always welcome, um, at least on, on my Twitter account. Um, yeah, so any any closing thoughts, Perlo? No, it should just be CES all the time, all year long, all the time. Like, like, like you know, basically they, they should be sending a CES request like every day. If they said, that's what they should be doing. We should just have so many PR requests, Jason, coming into no. our emails that we should not be able to empty our accounts. We should, we should, inbox zero should be unachievable. I should have so much cool stuff coming into my, my, my mailbox at any time. Uh, inbox zero. We should do a show on inbox zero and tips and tricks to get to inbox zero. That would be a Actually, cool one. Yeah, it's, it's command A, delete. There, there's the show. Yeah. Select all, delete. (laughs) Okay. I'm Jason Cipriani. And I'm Jason Perlo. And this is Jason Squared. Thanks for listening. We truly appreciate it. Make sure to check out more of our work at ZDNet.com.